you for praying for Sister Buford. She's here. I don't know how comfortable she is, but she's here. Those of you that's dealt with back issues, you know it. But I want to preach to you for just a little bit. More than just a teaching lesson, more than just a lecture, I need the Holy Ghost to step in. That it's God's time to shake. It's God's time to shake. It's, it's been uh, probably over the last nine years, I've probably preached this message maybe once or twice or at least an, an excerpt that we'll get to for just a moment, not this message, but I'm going to pull from another message I preached uh, a couple times. I've preached on uh, it's time to shake back. Do you see the word of God in Luke chapter 22 and verse 31? It happens at the end of, uh, of the ministry of Jesus on earth. It's right before Jesus goes to the cross. It's right before the Garden of Gethsemane. It's that upper room, that, that, that Passover supper, if you will, that last supper. And Jesus looks over at Peter. I find it very, very interesting that he did not call him Peter. If you know your word of God, if you know the New Testament, you know that Peter was not called Peter until later on in, in the ministry that Jesus had on earth. He was called Simon Bar-Jonah, which means Simon, Bar meaning son of Jonah. But it was later when Jesus asked the disciples, whom do men say that I am? And they said, well, some say you're a prophet, some say you're Elijah, Jeremiah. She said, well, that's good, but now let me get serious. Who do you say that I am? And Peter steps up and he says, well, I say you're the Christ, the son of the living God. And Jesus said, well, 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 Simon, flesh and blood had not revealed this unto you. You didn't get this on your own, but you got it through an understanding, a spiritual understanding. He says, no longer are we going to call you Simon. It's a common theme in the word of God, a name change. It's why when you were baptized in, in Jesus' name, there's a whole reason. I could go all the way back from, from the beginning of time, if you will. To show you that Jesus likes to change names because names in the Bible represented their future. It represented their past. And when Jesus gets a hold of us, he changes all of that. That's why you're baptized into the name of Jesus. You take on his name. But he said, Simon, no longer are we going to call you Simon, but we're going to call you Peter. Which means a, a chip off the rock, Christ Jesus, if you will. But I find it very interesting in Luke chapter 22, which is after his name was changed, Jesus refers back to the early man. He says, Simon, Simon, behold, Satan hath desired to have you that he may sift you as wheat. But I have prayed for thee that thy faith fail not. And when thou art converted, strengthen thy brethren. Can I just tell you for a moment? The devil wants to shake you. That word sift, you know what the word sift means. It's uh, when they put flour in one of those sifters and they, they shake it. But let me add another word. It agitates you. Have you ever been agitated by the devil? Has he ever reached his gnarly old fingers into your life and agitated you and shaken you and sifted you? But can I tell you today, it's God's time to shake back. If you'll lift your hands and if you'll say, Lord, I've been feeling your presence all day, but now would you let your word speak to me? I'm ready to receive it. In the name of Jesus, God, we open our hearts, our minds, our souls to the mighty word of God. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. And amen. You can be seated. Hallelujah.
That word sifting according to Buford's dictionary means to agitate, to shake by an inward or an outward force. And I know in my life, I've felt it. In your life, you have felt it. That old devil that shakes things up, he tries to shake the life. He tries to shake your health. He tries to agitate your family. He tries to agitate your children. He tries to move in your job and he tests and he tries to do so. I'm convinced. See, I, I could take you back to Samson. Now Samson's story ends, if you will, on a positive note. His victory at the end of his life was greater than all of his other victories. It did cost him his life, but it was a great victory. But there was that point in Judges chapter 16 when he gets connected with Delilah and he should never have gotten in that. That's a whole other sermon in and of itself. He, he started hanging around the wrong people and it drug him down. But you will find through uh, the story of Samson, there were several times lying on the lap of Delilah that she wooed him to sleep. After he, or after she rather thought he had told her the secret to his great strength. He was of the Nazarite vow, meaning that he didn't cut his hair. He, he didn't drink anything that, had, uh, that was off the vine. No grape juice, no wine. He didn't touch dead bodies. There was a whole litany of things that he did for that vow. And, and, uh, uh, but, but, you know, he, he played around. He said, oh, if you'll tie me up with, with green vines, I'll be as weak. And she lulled him to sleep and... He, uh, he woke up and he destroyed those that were coming. And then she asked him again and he, he, he did all sorts of new ropes. If you, if you bind me with ropes that's never been used, I'll, I'll be weak. If you'll, if you'll just weave my hair together, make a pretty little braid and I'll be weak. But finally she pushes him. She agitates Samson until he can't take it anymore. And Samson says, if you will shave my head I will be as a child. And so the word of God in Judges 16 says that she made him sleep. Verse 19, she made him sleep on her knee. She called for a man and they shaved his head and began to afflict him. And the strength went from him. And she said unto him, the Philistines be upon thee, Samson. And he awoke out of a sleep. And he said, ah, oh, it's just like forever. Those other times before, I can do it. And he said, I'll shake myself. And he didn't know that the Lord had departed from him. He shook himself and there was no strength. There are times in our life that Satan agitates us and shakes us. And if we're not careful with Samson's case, he fell. But the Bible says in Luke twenty-two thirty-two, 32, after he told Peter, after he told Simon, Satan desires to sift you as wheat. Satan desires to agitate you. Satan desires to shake you. He said, but I have prayed for thee that thy faith fail not. Can I just tell you, the understanding is that Peter was agitated. Peter was shaken. All the disciples were shaken. They left there. They went to the Garden of Gethsemane. Jesus was taken in chains. They watched some of them from afar and some of them in hiding. They watched Jesus beaten. They watched Jesus ridiculed. They saw the, the, the trials that went through. Their faith was, was, was in the process of trying to be shook. They were uh, uh, Satan was doing everything he could to buffet them and pursuing that agitation. But the prayer was that your faith fail not. See, Satan, he, he buffeted Judas and Judas's faith failed and Judas went and hung himself. But Peter was able to get through it because there was a heavenly father. 
that was holding him. It's the thought brings me back to Jesus' own prayer. Matthew chapter 6 verse 9 where it says, And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. I don't think I have to spend a lot of time to tell you that there is a shaking that happens to us. That there is an enemy, there is a world, there is a fleshly desire in all of us that does that desires nothing better, Brother Miller, than to shake you and try to get you off the right track. It tries to shake your faith, it tries to shake your family, but cannot tell you today there is a God on your side. If you'll allow me to bring you back really quick. I don't have a lot of time to take in each one of these. But let me take you back to that sermon I preached. To remind you that in a world that is topsy-turvy. In a world that is unstable. In a world that has no rigidity. It has no uh, absolutes. It has no uh, foundations. There are four things that cannot be shaken. God's throne can't be shaken. Psalms chapter 45 and verse 6 says your throne, O God, will last forever. Lamentations 5.19 says you, O Lord, will reign forever. Your throne endures from generation to generation. Can I tell you today that the kingdom of God cannot be shaken? There's nothing that can overthrow it. The, if Satan and a third of the angels thought they could overthrow the kingdom of God and look what it got them. Can I tell you there's not anything in this world that can overthrow the, overthrow the throne of God. His kingdom cannot not be shaken. His, uh, his uh, 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 authority cannot be shaken. Just understand that. He's going to win whether we're with him or not. The second thing that cannot be shaken is the word of God. The Bible says in Mark chapter 13 verse 31, heaven and earth will pass away but my word will never pass away. I find it very interesting. And all of the turns and curves and all of the overthrows that this world has seen, that the word of God has never been lost. 400 years of silence is between the Old Testament and the New. 400 years without a prophet. 400 years without what appears to be any type of word from God, but yet still you get right into 400 years later and the word of God is still going strong. Nothing turns it around. They, they try to they they they, they try to uh, uh, come against it. Uh, kingdoms and 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 dictators they come against it, and there's great persecution. But the word of God never fails. As the old song says, "It's been through the fire, it's been through the flood." The word of God can't be shaken. Its power can't be shaken. Its promises can't be shaken, and its prophecies can't be shaken. The third thing that cannot be shaken is the church of God. The words of the Lord recorded in Matthew chapter 16 and verse 18 says this, and it's a great assurance that I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Now, can this visible church be shaken? Absolutely. Can a congregation be shaken? Yes. But God's church is going to reign. It blows my mind. I, I, I'm just overwhelmed. The Ephesians chapter 1 towards the end of it says that God has placed all things under his feet and appointed him to be head over everything for the church. It's his body, the fullness of him who fills it in, any, in every way. The church isn't going anywhere. 
fourth thing that can't be shaken. And this one, it's hard to kind of grab, wrap your mind around, but the fourth thing that can't be shaken is the child of God can't be shaken. Say, so what do you mean, Pastor? I mean, I've had those times of agitations. I've had those. I understand that. But 1 John chapter 2 and verse 17 says this, the world and, uh, uh, and its desires may pass away, but the man who does the will of God will live forever. Or John chapter 10 and verse 28, and I love it. I can't tell you how many times in my own prayer, in my own devotion, I've, I've referenced back to this verse. But the Bible says in John 10, 28, I will give them eternal life and they shall not perish and no one can snatch them out of my hand. I want you to listen very carefully to your pastor. If you'll put yourself in the hand of God, nothing, nothing can remove you. In fact, I'll tell you this, there is only one thing, and, and, and I know that God has all power in heaven and earth, I understand that, but there is only one thing that has the authority to move you out of the hand of God, and that's your own will. God does not hold on to you and, and, and hold you against his will. There will never be a Christian hostage in God. All you have to do is walk away and he'll open his hand. But can I tell you, when you do that, if you will, you do that at your own risk. But the Bible says nothing, nothing can snatch them out of my hand. Paul says it best, and we quote it all the time. I'm convinced that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor demons, neither present, nor future, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in creation is able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Let me tell somebody, let me give somebody hope. You have eternal life, and you cannot be shaken. If he's your strength, you cannot be he's your life, you cannot be shaken. And the Bible says when everything else has been removed you will remain so let me take that thought and let me preach what I need to preach tonight or this morning rather if you have your Bibles I, I realize that we came through end of last year all of Hebrews but my goodness I keep finding myself going back I keep looking at it seeing it all again would you turn with me to the book of Hebrews chapter 12 and verse 25 I want you just to see something, and then we're, we're, we're building to the, the climax. We're building to, the, to where God wants to do something in your life. Hebrews chapter 12 and verse 25 says, See that you refuse him not that speaketh. For if, if they escape not who refused him that spake on earth, much more shall not we escape if we turn away from him that speaketh from heaven whose voice shook the earth, but now he hath promised, saying, yet once more, I will shake not the earth only, but also heaven. He in this word, yet once more, signifieth the removing of those things that are shaken, as of the things that are made, that those things which cannot be shaken may remain. Wherefore, we are receiving a kingdom which cannot be moved. Let us have grace whereby we may serve God acceptably, acceptably with reverence and godly fear for our God is a consuming fire. Just in case the King James doesn't always make itself clear, 
it's referenced back that you had Moses who was a man. He was earthly. He, 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 he lived on this earth and Moses was teaching and Moses was telling them and, and I, I don't can't remember if it was Brother uh, Hare or Brother Perryman that made reference to to uh, uh, the, the children of God and they got scared of the presence of the Lord there on the mountain. But, but Moses would tell them, don't turn away. You can't run. You, you, you've, gotta, you've got to, to walk through this. But they didn't listen to Moses. They didn't listen to a man. And great was their fall. From the time that Israel walked up Mount Sinai to the time that Calvary occurred, Israel was on a downward trend. Oh, there were bright spots. But any of you that know statistics, any of you that know graphs, you can know that that you don't look at just one instance. Because that one instance may be a pretty high instance. You have to look at the whole progression. And there would be some spikes up, but you would find that overall, from the time of Mount Sinai to the time that Jesus died on the cross, it was trending downward. And, and, And now here in Hebrews chapter 12 says... If they could not escape when they disobeyed a man saying the word of God, how much more do you think you're going to escape God speaking? He said, once again, not only will I shake the earth, but I'm going to shake the heavens also. It's a reference, it's a prophetic word all the way back to Haggai chapter 2 and verse 6. When God said, thus saith the Lord of hosts, yet more in a little while. I'm preaching or, 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 or uh, quoting from the English Standard Version. I will shake the heavens and the earth and the sea and the dry land. I will shake all of the nations so that the treasures of all nations will come in and I will fill this house with glory, saith the Lord of hosts. The silver is mine. The gold is mine, declares the Lord of hosts. And the latter glory of this house shall be greater than the former, saith the Lord of hosts. God is in a moment right now of shaking. Book of Psalms teaches us. And and now the book of Psalms, I really need to do this at the ending, so because it's it, it's about us. It's it's a positive thing. But would you read would, would you take out what God's trying to tell you and would you see the global implications? Psalms chapter 46, it's a choir song. It's it's the descendants of Korah. It's sung. And the Bible says, God is our refuge and strength, always ready to help in times of trouble. This is New Living Translation. And we will not fear when earthquakes come. Not focusing on the fact that you don't fear, but look, earthquakes are coming. The mountains crumble in the sea. The oceans roar and foam. Let the mountains tremble as the waters surge. If you look at verse 6, it says that, that the nations are in chaos and their kingdoms crumble. The God of the voice of God thunders and the earth melts. Verse 8, see the glorious works of the Lord. See how he brings destruction on the earth. He causes wars to end throughout the earth. He breaks the bow and snaps the spear and burns the shields with fire. There is a shaking. Why the shaking, Brother Richardson? Well, now they've, they've since started changing washing machines. But how many of you still have an old-fashioned washing machine that has a post in the middle? Do you know what that's called? The agitator. I don't know how the new washing machines work. They got bumps on them. I guess it works. My house is magical. 
I put my dirty clothes sometimes in the hamper. Sometimes they don't make the hamper. And in a day or two, they're magically folded and they smell good. It's awesome. I've tried to show my wife the magic of the house we live in and she don't get it. So I guess the new washer is clean because my clothes smell good. But it's that agitator that begins to move and by agitating it shakes those clothes and it agitates those clothes and that's what, if you will, removes the dirt. If you don't believe me, go take your dirty clothes and just throw them in a bucket of water and let it sit for a couple days. There has to be an agitation. That's what cleans us. If you've ever done any rock tumbling or those of you who may be into reloading uh, 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 bullets, you know that there are tumblers. You, you put something in, a, in a, a tumbler and it has sand or other type of media and you turn it on and it shakes and you come back in a couple days and it's polished. I, I know that agitation and shaking and especially in the manufacturing realms, it sorts things. There's ways to shake it and it will kind of sort its way out. It can smooth something. It can empty something. That's why you see when they, when they go to, to, to you, you go to pour something out, what do you do? Is you give it a little shake at the end because you want every last drop out. And sometimes the shaking destroys. I don't have time to go through every one of them. But can I tell you the reason God is shaking today is for one of those reasons. For some, it's cleaning you up. For others, it's polishing you. For others, it's sorting the good and the bad. For others, it's smoothing. For others, it's emptying. And for some, it will destroy. There is a shaking going on. I love the fact that anytime you see the word of God moving, anytime you see God having it, and I mentioned it earlier, God doesn't do things quietly for the most part. When God steps on the scene, he turns things upside down because he realizes that you and I, we don't get the still small voice very often. You and I, we don't respond to the simple calm thing. We have to get to the place where God shakes us, where God turns us around. The Bible says in, in Acts chapter 2 and verse 1, when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all there with one accord and there appeared from, uh, and suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind and it filled all the house where they were sitting. It was a shaking. It shook the house. It was, it was not just a, 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 uh, a quiet little thing. It's what I mentioned earlier. Church has got to be a something that kind of assaults the senses. Because there was 120 in an upper room and it was not some quiet little prayer meeting that when they left they could keep it all to themselves and they could walk out and nobody knew the difference, Brother Harvey. But instead, 120 people put an entire city called Jerusalem to a standstill. Sin so much that when people were walking by, they heard the shaking that was going on upstairs and it caused them to stop and stare until Peter could walk out and there was a crowd of at least 3,000 people and he began to preach the word of God because there was a shaking going on. I love what Brother uh, Farino, our great elder of this church, preached last Sunday night where he said that when 
Nicodemus, John chapter 3 and verse 1, when Nicodemus came to Jesus by night and said, What do I do to be saved, if you will? And Jesus answered unto him and said, Except a man be born of the water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. And Nicodemus didn't understand it. I'm re-preaching what Brother Farino preached. But, but Nicodemus didn't understand it. How can I go back into my mother's womb? And then Jesus said, Well, except a man be born of the water and the Spirit, that which is born of the flesh is the flesh. But that which is born of the Spirit is the Spirit. And Jesus understood things. Just in case you're wondering, Jesus is pretty smart. And so Jesus took it a little further. And this is what, I mean, I was sitting there, and, and to be honest, I've been preaching uh, uh, since, since 19, about 1995 was when I preached my first sermon. I've preached thousands of sermons all across this continent. And I don't know that I'd ever put these two together. But Jesus told Nicodemus, he said, Marvel not that I said unto thee, you must be born again. The wind blows where it wants to, and you hear the sound thereof, but you cannot tell where it goes and where it goes. So is everyone that is born of the Spirit. What he was trying to say is there will be a shaking. There will be a sound when the Holy Ghost comes upon you. I don't mean shaking like the Quakers. I'm not saying that you got to shake like, like, like you're having a seizure. That's not what I'm talking about. And I saw you singing the song, Brother Jared. The seizure song that Joy 90 or whatever it is plays. You got to shake, shake, shake like you're changed. I don't understand that song. Some of you get that, some of you don't. But it's my ADD. Since you started singing it right there, I had to mention it. There is a shaking. I love the word of God in Acts chapter 16 where it talks about at midnight Paul and Silas begin to sing praises unto God and the prisoners heard them and suddenly there was a great earthquake and watch so that the foundations of the prison may be shaken. Let me tell somebody right now that you've been under a spiritual attack and you've been tied up and you can't move and you can't find a release but somewhere I hear a sound from heaven. There is a shaking going on where the binds, uh, the, the, the bounds that have held you and the, the those things that have caused you not to be free. There is an earthquake coming and suddenly there is a shaking so that you can walk free. Or Ezekiel chapter 37. We've preached many sermons on this. Ezekiel said, The hand of the Lord was upon me, and I was carried to a valley of dry bones. And the word of the Lord spoke to me and said, Can these bones live? And Ezekiel said, I, You know God. I'm not going to answer that. They're pretty dry and desiccated. They, they've been there a long time. And he said, Prophesy to them. He said, Begin to speak. Ezekiel said, oh, this is, uh, this is verse 7. So I prophesied as I was told. And as I prophesied, there came a noise. And behold, the shaking. And the bones came together. And the foot bone was connected to the ankle bone. And the ankle bone was connected to the, to the shin bone. And the shin bone was connected... <laughs> to the knee bone and the knee bone was connected to the thigh bone and you can sing that song there's something happening I believe right now in the last days that there is a shaking of dead dry lifeless things and as long as the church begins to preach the truth and as long as the word of God goes forth there is a shaking and things which are separated begin to come back together and things which are dry begin to become alive and there was a breath that flowed through 
throughout that valley and those dead dry bones sinews were laid on them and, and muscles and tendons and skin and organs and they breathed there is a shaking happening you say pastor what are you saying well just, just give me a moment I'm going to just kind of take my time and then we'll be over real quick. We, we don't, you just got to kind of get there for a moment. Let me take you back to Hebrews chapter 12. Verse 27 says, This means that all of creation will be shaken and removed so that only the unshakable things will remain. Luke chapter 6 and verse 46 takes us to the parable. Of the wise man that built his house on a rock and the foolish man that built his house on the sand. How many of you know that parable? All right, enough of you raised your hands. I don't have to say it, so that'll get you out about three minutes faster. Now, we love to preach that, that he founded it on a rock, and praise the Lord, what a foundation. But can I show you that it didn't matter what foundation they built on, the shaking was the same. Because there is a shaking going forth and it will find the weak foundations or it will come against the strong. But the promise is this, the shaking is happening. 1 Corinthians chapter 3 and verse 10 says, According to the grace of God which is given to me as a wise master builder, I have laid the foundation another builded thereon. This is Paul speaking. But let every man take heed how he builds thereof. For no other foundation can any man lay than that which is laid, which is Christ Jesus. But if any man begins to build on that foundation gold or silver or precious stones or wood, hay and stubble, know this, that in the last days every man's work will be made manifest and it will be revealed by fire. And the fire will try every man's work what sort it is. If the man's work abides which he has built thereon, he'll get a reward. But if the man's work is burned, he'll suffer loss. Fire has an interesting way of leveling the playing field, literally. An earthquake has a, has a way of leveling the playing field. We're seeing right now, and, and, and probably it's the, it's the own set of social media, it's, it's the fact that we can find out things via CNN that happened uh, almost as they occur. But we see earthquakes, and we see those earthquakes, and you look at where they happen. I think it was last year an earthquake happened in Italy. It happened to a very, very old city. A city that, that we're, we're talking hundreds of years old, the buildings were before earthquake codes and before all of the building plans and, and all of that. And almost an entire city was leveled. But then you see other earthquakes that were just as bad and there's not seeming the amount of damage. Or you see fires. You see fires in some of the third world countries. A fire comes and it destroys entire city blocks just almost like that. Other places that same fire, that same intensity comes and while there's some damage it didn't destroy it. It's all in how it was built. You say, Pastor, what are you talking about? Well, in the last days, there is a shaking. I don't care what political side you want to be on. I don't care if you love America or you want to move to Canada. 
by the way, is a monarchy. It has a queen, but that's your prerogative. I don't care if you want to sign up for the Mars mission and take a one-way trip to Mars and never come back. There's a shaking happening. I don't think it's because, Brother Sponsor, that I'm just older and more mature that I understand that I really believe it's because as we get closer and closer to the last days, that shaking becomes so obvious. It shakes our families. It moves. And God says, I am, I'm kind of done letting the devil be the only one that shakes. I'm going to start stepping in and I'm going to see how strong your foundation really is. Everything you read on the news, just know that God has a hand in it. Not that he made it, not that he caused it, but God knows what's happening. And what he's doing is he's shaking because he wants to see what is going to to remain those that do the will of God the Bible says shall remain those that have laid the proper foundation they're going to make it I'm going to tell you right now there's going to be a lot of people that the earthquake comes and the fire runs through they're not going to have anything left when it's all said and done because there's a shaking. Some of you need to identify the, the shaking, the agitation in your life and realize that those trials come not because God's mad at you but because God is trying to remove the things that don't, don't matter the things that are going to hurt you in the long run so that when you come forth you will be as silver and gold tried by the fire. And he can stand back and he says, ha, I prayed for them that their faith be strong. The shaking, absolutely. Peter, you were shaken to your core. But you came out and look what you were able to do. But Judas was shaken to his core and he couldn't respond. He, he, he didn't make it. There's a shaking going forth. Every time I look at the news, I see the shaking. Oh, yeah, I know the, what was it, the, the, the Dow Jones, I think, it hit 20,000, never before, ever been done. And if you've got investments, you're excited about that. But there's going to come a shaking. If your faith is in the financial systems, it's going to get shook. Oh, oh the, the building, it's great right now, and our economy is booming for the most part, and gas prices are fairly decent, but it's going to start shaking. An economy will find its way to fall. It's done it time and time again. Financial institutions can come and go. We've seen that. I'm glad you got a good job, but those can come and go too. But one thing remains. Jesus Christ. Your health, I'm glad you got good health. Some of you don't, but I'm glad if you do, but... Just ask some of our other, uh, other people here that, that's gone through some, some great health issues. You'll know that your health can come and go and it can be shaken. But one thing remains true. Jesus Christ. And he's coming to shake so that he can see what remains. Would you stand with me today? Now that I've gone through all of that, let me take you back to the book of Psalms. And let me read it in its entirety the Bible says this if I can get my paper to cooperate 
The Bible says this. For God is our refuge and strength. A very present time in trouble. A very present help in the time of trouble. Therefore we will not fear when the earth gives away. Though the mountains be moved into the sea. Though the waters roar and foam. Though the mountains tremble at his swelling. But there is a river whose streams make me glad. In the city of God. Whose holy habitation of the most high. And God is in the midst of her. And she shall not be moved. And God will help her when the morning dawns. The nations raise and the kingdoms totter. And he utters his voice and the earth melts. But the Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Come and see the works of the Lord. How he brought desolation on the earth. But he makes wars to cease to the end of the earth. He breaks the bow and shatters the spear and burns the chariots with fire. But be still and know that I am God. And I will be exalted among the nations. And I will be exalted in the earth. And the Lord of hosts is with us. And the God of Jacob is our fortress. I know the King James says refuge, but when you look in that translation, it's more than just a safe place. It's more than just a a calm place. It is a fortress that when everything is shaking, if you'll put yourself in the hands of God, you'll be okay. I'm talking to somebody right now. You've looked at your life and you begin to realize there's a lot of shaking going on. But here's the purpose. He wants to know what you're made of. If you are made of your own ambitions, if you are made of your own dreams, if you're made of your own abilities, you're going to fall. But if you've surrendered to the hand of the Lord, if you've been filled with His Spirit, If you've been washed in the blood of the Lamb, if you're walking hand in hand with Him, then He said, I'll hold you through the shaking. And while the shaking may come, your faith won't fail. And you'll walk through on the other side, silver, tried by the fire. I want you to lift your voice right now. I'm opening these altars. Some of you need to come, and you need to let the Word of God speak to you a little bit more. I preach to the congregation, but now let the Word of the Lord speak to you. You've been shaken. You've been moved. You've been touched. How are you going to respond?